Volume three, chapter fifteen of the Widow Barnaby by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter fifteen. Agnes grows miserable. An explanatory conversation with Colonel Hubert leaves her more in the dark than ever. A letter arrives from Frederick Stevenson. At this period of their history, the star of Agnes appeared much less propitious than that of her aunt Barnaby not all her inclination to construe every look and word of colonel hubert into something wiser and better more noble and more kind than the looks and words of any other mortal man could long prevent her from feeling that he was profoundly unhappy and that despite some occasional flashes of an emotion which her own heart taught her to know proceeded from love he evidently avoided being with her as much as it was possible for him to do without attracting the attention of others her aunt and his aunt went steadily on arranging between themselves a variety of preliminaries to the happy union they contemplated while no hint that such a union was possible ever passed the lips of the intended bridegroom during any moment that circumstances placed him near his promised bride more than once she saw him change colour when he approached her and sometimes but not often she had caught his melancholy eyes fixed earnestly upon her and it was at such moments that she felt persuaded he still loved her but wherefore he who had boldly wooed her when so many things conspired to make his doing it objectionable should seem to shun her now that everything was so smooth and easy for him she vainly laboured to understand for time nor place she exclaimed with something like bitterness did then adhere and yet he would make both they have made themselves and that their fitness now doth unmake him by melancholy degrees everything that had most contributed to her happiness became her torment the conversation of miss peters was inexpressibly irksome to her particularly when they found themselves in confidential tete-a-tete -tete, for then she could not help suspecting that her friend was longing to ask her some questions respecting the singularity of her lover's manner the flattering notice of the well-pleased lady elizabeth the sisterly affection manifested by the amiable lady stephenson and more than all the rest the happy bustling business-like manner of her aunt compton who never for a moment seemed to forget that they were all preparing for a wedding so complete was this preoccupation that it was many days before the old lady perceived that her agnes in the midst of all this joyful preparation looked neither well nor happy nay even when at last the sad eye and pale cheek of her darling attracted her attention she persuaded herself for many days more that love-making was too sentimental a process to permit those engaged in it to be gay she knew that the sighing of lovers was proverbial and though she did not remember to have read anything upon the subject exactly resembling what she remarked in agnes and to say truth in colonel hubert also she did not for she could not doubt that everything was going on just as it should do though her own want of practical experience rendered her incapable of fully understanding it but if agnes was wretched colonel hubert was infinitely more so for all the misery that she darkly feared without knowing either its nature or for how long it was likely to continue came to him with the tremendous certainty of a misfortune that had already fallen upon him and from which escape seemed less possible from day to day she knew not what to think of him and great no doubt was the unhappiness produced by such uncertainty but greater still was the suffering produced by looking in her innocent face and knowing as well as colonel hubert did why it grew daily paler not seldom indeed was he tortured by the apprehension that the line of conduct he had pursued in recalling frederick stephenson was by no means so unquestionably right in its self-sacrificing severity as he had intended it should be had he not endangered the tranquillity of agnes while guarding with jealous care his own proud sense of honour 
if an unhappy concurrence of circumstances had involved him in difficulties that rendered his conduct liable to suspicion ought he not to have endured the worst degree of contempt that this could bring upon him rather than have suffered her peace to be the sacrifice night and day these doubts tormented him for hours he wandered through the roads on the opposite side of the river where comparatively speaking he was sure no clifton idlers could encounter him and reviewing his own conduct in a thousand ways found none that would make him satisfied with himself at length in the mere restlessness of misery he determined to tell agnes all she shall know his love his generous uncalculating love while i stood by and reasoned on the inconvenience her aunt barnaby's vulgarity might bring she shall know all though it will make her hate me such was the resolution with which he crossed the ferry after wandering a whole morning in leigh wood and climbing the step-path too rapidly to give himself leisure to meditate temperately on the measure he had determined to pursue he hurried forward to the dwelling of miss compton and was already in her drawing-room before he had at all decided in what manner he should contrive to get agnes alone in this however fortune favoured him for miss compton having some point on which she desired to communicate with lady elizabeth had ordered the carriage and invited agnes to pay a visit to lady stephenson but the poor girl had no heart to sustain a conversation with a friend from whom she most earnestly desired to conceal all her thoughts so she declined the invitation alleging her wish to write a letter to empton as much alone and if possible more melancholy still than when a few short weeks before he made his memorable visit in half moon street colonel hubert found agnes listlessly lying upon a sofa her eyes closed but their lashes too recently wetted by tears to make him fancy her asleep she was in an inner room to which he entered through the open door that led from the larger drawing-room and he was close beside her before she was aware of his approach it was with a dreadful pang that he contemplated the change anxiety had wrought on her delicate feature since the evening she first appeared to him in all the bright light-hearted joy of her new happiness under the protection of her aunt love honour gratitude tenderness and remorse all rushed to his bosom and so completely overpowered the philosophy by which he had hitherto restrained his feelings that he dropped on his knees beside her and seizing the hand that languidly hung by her side covered it with passionate kisses an iron chain is not a stronger restraint than timid delicacy to such a nature as that of agnes and therefore she did not throw herself on the bosom of colonel hubert and thus obliterate by one moment of unrestrained feeling all the doubts and fears that had so long tormented them both she only opened her beautiful eyes upon him which seemed to say is then the dark cloud past that has divided us hubert may i be happy again the unhappy hubert however dared not answer this appeal though he read it and felt it at the very bottom of his heart and what under happier circumstances would have tempted him to kneel beside her for ever now made him spring to his feet as if terrified at the danger that he ran agnes he said you must no longer be left ignorant of my misery you may you must have seen something of it but not all you have not seen you have not guessed what the struggle has been between a passion as fervent as ever warmed the heart of man in a sense of honour too late awakened perhaps which has made it a duty to suspend all pleadings for an avowed return till 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 repeated agnes agitated but full of hope that the moment was indeed come when the dark and mysterious cloud which had dimmed all her prospects should be dispelled hear my confession agnes and pity me at least if you find it impossible to excuse me do you remember the first time i ever saw you it was at a shop at clifton agnes bowed 
do you remember the friend who was with me agnes bowed again and this time she coloured too colonel hubert sighed profoundly but presently went on with a confession he had braced his nerves to make that friend agnes the generous noble-hearted frederick stephenson saw even in that brief interview the beauty the grace the delicacy which it took me days to develop in short he loved you agnes before almost before i had ever looked at you i was his dearest friend he hid no thought from me and with all the frankness of his delightful character he confessed his honourable attachment and how was it think you that i answered him agnes raised her eyes to his face with a very anxious look but spoke not a word and colonel hubert with a heightened colour that mounted to his temples went on i told him miss willoughby that a young lady chaperoned by a person with the manners and appearance of your aunt barnaby was not a fitting wife for him the eyes of agnes fell and her cheeks too were now dyed with crimson colonel hubert saw it and felt it all but he went on the subject was repeatedly revived between us and as his attachment increased so did also my opposition to it i placed before him in the strongest manner i was capable of doing all the objections to the connection as they then appeared to me and i did it as i thought purely from a sense of duty to himself and his family which had recently become so closely connected with my own but alas agnes my peace has been and is destroyed by the dreadful doubt whether some selfish feelings unknown to myself might not at length have mingled with these strong remonstrances knowing as i do the character of sir edward and his two sisters no remorse was awakened in my mind so long as you remained with mrs barnaby and the last time i conversed with my poor friend i used language so strong upon the subject that he left me in great anger but it appears that notwithstanding his just resentment these remonstrances had weight for he immediately left the kingdom and has i believe remained in paris ever since think then miss willoughby judge for me if you can with what feelings i contemplate the unlooked-for change in your position oh agnes would that your excellent miss compton had preserved her coldness to you till you had been my wife even then i might have felt a pang for stephenson but the knowledge that his friends would not like mine have forgotten mrs barnaby in their admiration for her niece would have furnished a justification of the events which followed his departure too reasonable to be set aside but what must i feel now when i think of the banished frederick banished by me that i might take his place excepting to mary peters who had been aware of the attachment of frederick stephenson long before herself agnes had never breathed a hint to any human being of the proposal she had received from him and it had not most assuredly been her intention ever to have named it to colonel hubert she had indeed but rarely remembered it herself and hoped and believed that before they met again the gay young man would quite have forgotten it but now she could preserve his secret no longer and eager to speak what she thought would entirely relieve his self-reproaches to hear she said with glowing cheeks and an averted eye let me then confess to you colonel hubert these unlucky words however intended as a preface to the only intelligence that could effectively have soothed this agitation unfortunately increased it tenfold and raising his hand to arrest what she was about to say he replied with an impetuosity with which she could not at that moment contend confess nothing miss willoughby to me i see that i have awakened feelings which i ought to have foreseen would inevitably be called into existence by such a disclosure suffer me to say a few words more and i have done a week ago i did what i ought to have done as soon as your present position was known to me 
i wrote to mr stephenson and told him that every obstacle was removed and that you wrote to him colonel hubert exclaimed agnes greatly disturbed oh why did you not tell me all this before it is not yet too late miss willoughby he replied bitterly another letter shall follow my first more explicit more strongly urging his return but you will not hear me colonel hubert said agnes bursting into tears have patience for a moment and you will understand it all at this moment a carriage stopped at the door and the knocker and the bell together gave notice of miss compton's return it is my aunt cried agnes indeed she must not see me thus or how could i explain to her what must appear so strange as her finding me in tears and you beside me let me see you again colonel hubert i pray you to let me see you again when i may be able to speak to you but now i must go and so saying she escaped from the room just in time to avoid meeting miss compton at the door from a very early period of their short acquaintance miss compton had made up her mind to consider colonel hubert as a very superior personage but of a remarkably grave and silent character so much so indeed that while she admired and approved her agnes the more for loving and being loved by so dignified an individual she could not help wondering a little occasionally that so it should be but this feeling she carefully concealed and made it a point whenever a shade of gravity more profound than usual was perceptible on his features a circumstance not unfrequent to avoid interfering with his reserve by any loquacious civility this line of conduct had often been a great relief to him but never more so than on the present occasion when if any lengthened greetings had occurred to stop his retreat it would have been impossible for him to have preserved the outward semblance of cold composure in which he had hitherto found shelter from observation you are going colonel hubert she said well i will not detain you for i am going to be busy myself good morning and so he escaped on reaching home he found a letter waiting for him which by no means tended to calm his spirits it was from frederick stephenson and ran thus my dear hubert your letter puzzles me but not many hours after this reaches you i hope we shall mutually understand each other better than we do at present i am on my road to england and as all explanation must be impossible till we meet i will only add that i am yours ever frederick stephenson a few hours then and all doubt all uncertainty would be over a full explanation must take place and rather than endure a continuance of what he had lately suffered colonel hubert felt inclined to welcome the result be it what it might End of chapter fifteen